You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the biggest ice sheets are melting and the New Jersey Senate faces a surprising upset. Here's your national news recap for the week of October 31st. The CDC is giving the green light to the first COVID vaccine for younger children. An advisory panel overwhelmingly voted in favor of Pfizer's shots for 5 to 11-year-olds. The FDA already granted emergency approval. The Federal Reserve is keeping benchmark interest rates near zero. The central bank made the announcement following a policy meeting. The target range for the federal funds rate will stay between zero and one quarter percent. A South Texas police officer is dead following a shooting involving a domestic violence suspect. Kingsville Police Senior Patrolman Sherman Benny's Jr. died Thursday at a hospital. Police say Alfredo DeLeon started shooting at Benny's and other officers earlier this week. The 40-year-old is under arrest on capital murder accusations. Benny's leaves behind a wife and three children. It's a good time to move to San Francisco, according to housing experts. Property managers say despite a year-over-year Bay Area increase in rentals, San Francisco's rent dropped by over 1.5% in October. They add that locking in a long-term lease now could add up to $600 savings compared to waiting until February when rents will likely rise. Currently, the median monthly rent in the city by the Bay is just under $2,400 for a one-bedroom apartment. The former manager of the Book Review is opening a new bookstore in Huntington, New York. Due to financial struggles during the pandemic, the Book Review in Huntington closed its doors in September after 44 years in business. The new store is going to be called The Next Chapter. A Kickstarter page is trying to raise $250,000 to help fund the new store. A former Louisiana state trooper is going to prison for more than 17 years. Jason Boyett was caught in an undercover FBI sting operation targeting collectors of child pornography. Agents infiltrated an internet chat room where the inappropriate pictures were being traded. Boyett sent an image of a little girl whom he claimed to have custody of. When agents raided his Ponchatoula home, they found hundreds of pictures and videos showing child porn. Boyett was the Louisiana State Police Trooper of the Year in 2018. A bison is safe after escaping its home in Marlboro Township Wednesday. New Jersey Animal Control tracked the 2,500-pound animal and safely tranquilized it. It was safely returned to the large farm where he lives with other bison, a few miles from where he was discovered. The bison's name is Bison Tenniel. Eight people are being treated for injuries, including three firefighters, after flames ripped through a seven-story Bronx apartment building Thursday. The three-alarm fire broke out just after 4 a.m. in the 100 block of the Van Cortland Avenue West in Van Cortland Village. 150 firefighters were dispatched and were seen evacuating residents. The FDNY says the fire appears to have started on the top floor, but there's no word yet on the cause. Injuries are said to be non-life-threatening.
The city where defund the police movement was born is voting to keep its police force. Projections say Minneapolis residents decided to retain the city's police department and not convert it to a department of public safety. The measure was sparked by the 2020 killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis cop. If it had passed, it would have cut the city's required minimum number of officers per capita and would have replaced some cops with social workers and mental health experts. New Jersey Transit is improving service as ridership grows. Beginning November 14th, the agency will add an additional 22 weekday trains and make other key capacity and frequency adjustments. Customers will see more trains and additional express service on select lines, along with improved trip times and connections. Riders on the main Bergen County line will now have hourly service throughout the day on weekdays and holidays, with the addition of 14 trains to the weekend schedule. First-time claims for unemployment benefits fell again last week. Thursday morning's report by the Labor Department shows 269,000 Americans filed initial jobless claims last week. That's 14,000 fewer than the week before and the lowest total in 20 months. More economists had forecast the number coming in right around 275,000. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. Hi, it's Ram with your weekly dose of politics. If you're here to catch up on the New Jersey state governor election, then stay tuned as that comes up in Sam Whaling's segment. As for me, Virginia. This was every bit as tense as New Jersey's own, but it delivered a surprising upset as Glenn Youngkin edged out former incumbent Democratic Governor Terry McAuliffe in Democratic-leading Virginia, being the first Republican in about a dozen years. His campaign tactics appeared to have been successful, drawing support from both card-carrying Republicans but also fatigued suburban voters, perhaps setting up a blueprint for future GOP candidates to use to capitalize on both former President Trump's voter base without repelling other voters. Alongside this, Republicans have swept down-ballot office positions and a considerable portion of the House seats in Virginia. Such upsets or tight races weren't really expected, given that in the presidential election, Biden led by 10 points in Virginia and 15 in New Jersey, and a key aspect in the shift away from Democratic preference in both states has come from frustration and apathy regarding slow progress on the bills that you've heard about, for me, for a while now. This sends a message to Democrats holding onto unstable power in Congress with internal conflict. It's a grim reminder of what's at stake in the upcoming midterms. These bills themselves remain suspended in the works still. Democrats remain busy editing this sprawly multi-thousand page document of the Human Infrastructure Bill, uh, and this now includes latest immigration changes funded by restructuring in tax policy. On the 4th, it was confirmed that vaccine requirements for business employees would go into effect under new OSHA regulations, reaching about 84 million workers requiring either full vaccination against COVID-19 by January 4th, 2022, or to get tested weekly and wear a mask. They left open the possibility of expanding requirements to smaller businesses, and as mentioned in September, health workers, especially those in Medicare and Medicaid programs, must get vaccinated with no other choice. They said that companies that fail to comply could face penalties of about $14,000 per violation. How it will be enforced remains to be seen. And here's some other rapid stories for you. The Russian analyst funded by Democrats to research relationships between Trump-era White House and the Kremlin has been charged for lying to the FBI. This doesn't undercut the findings of those relationships themselves, but this is the third criminal case relating to that original FBI probe in two months. Robert Santos was confirmed on the 4th as the next Census Bureau director, becoming the first person of color to lead the agency that conducts the nation's largest civilian mobilization. Boston voters elected City Councilor Michelle Wu as its first female and Asian American mayor, and Cincinnati is getting their first Asian American mayor, Aftab Pureval. 
Incumbent Democratic Mayor Frey did win and promises some reform. I've been Ram with your politics for The Roan Report. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Nintendo is cutting its sales forecast for the Switch game console. The Japanese electronic giant blames it's on the nationwide shortage of semiconductor chips. Nintendo today lowered its forecast for the financial year by 1.5 million units. The company had expected to sell 25.5 million consoles between April of this year and April of 2022, but now the forecast is 24 million units. Fraud charges are being filed against two former high-ranking world soccer officials. Swiss prosecutors charged with former FIFA president Sepp Blatter and former UEFA President Michael Platten for fraud and other crimes following a six-year investigation into a controversial payment. Blatter is accused of unlawful arrangement of $2 million payment of backdated salary to Platten, which Blatter authorized FIFA to make within weeks as he campaigned for re-election. Platten's influence with European voters would be a key factor to Blatter's campaign. Swiss federal prosecutors say the payment damaged FIFA's asset and unlawfully enriched Platten. Both men denied wrongdoing, saying a verbal agreement was made over 20 years ago for the money to be paid. Another American tech company is shutting down services in China. Yahoo officially exited the communist country Monday, citing the increasing challenging business and legal environment. Yahoo joins Microsoft's LinkedIn, which announced last month it was shutting down services in the country due to a challenging operating environment. China's personal information protectant law went into effect on Monday, imposing new data collection restrictions for tech companies. China's Great Firewall is used to censor online content with major services such as Google and Facebook Block. World leaders continue to speak on efforts to combat climate change on Thursday at COP26 United Nations Claim Conference in Glasgow. The heads of state of several nations will take stage on Thursday, ranging from Nambek to Denmark. President Biden said he will give updates on the U.S. efforts to preserve global forests. He also gave his remarks about the global methane pledge and to clean technology innovation before hopping on an Air Force One to return to Washington. The second biggest ice sheet in the world is melting at an alarming rate. Greenland's ice sheet has melted so much in the last decade that the global sea level rose about one centimeter, with trends predicting that they can rise nearly a foot higher by the end of the century. Researchers published in a journal, Nature Communications, says that almost four trillion tons of the ice sheet melted in the last 10 years which could be enough to flood all of New York City. Researchers have found that the melting has increased over 20% in the past 40 years. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. The Garden State has taken another step toward total ego-awareness. Plastic straws are now available by request only at New Jersey restaurants and coffee shops. It's the first step in the state's plastic ban. The second step, which takes effect next May, targets plastic bags, single-use paper bags, styrofoam cups, and disposable food containers. A first offense triggers a warning, but a second offense brings a fine of up to $1,000 a day. Governor Murphy signed the bill last November. New York City implemented a plastic straw ban recently as well. A lucrative city contract to plant trees in Baltimore is on hold. 
The Board of Estimates has decided to delay a vote on approving a tree contract due to technicality in the contract. The board was poised to act on awarding the deal that would have allowed for the planting of 3,000 trees, but at the last minute, a contract issue delayed the vote. The delay means the board will accept new bids for the contract. A New Jersey man is in federal court after being charged with threatening to kill a federal judge. Authorities say 46-year-old Jonathan Williams called the judge's chambers recently, asking about a civil case. He then called back and directly threatened the judge's life. The Newark man called the judge's chambers a third time before reportedly issuing another threat heading to a Newark law firm and threatening the judge once more where he was denied entry. Williams was arrested by U.S. Marshals shortly afterwards. Two people are recovering from gunshot wounds after successfully keeping a group of robbers out of their home in Philadelphia. It all unfolded during the early morning hours after a man was robbed by five men as he tried to get into his car. The victim ran back to his house, and the suspects returned later trying to break down the front door. That's when the man, his girlfriend, and her sister blocked the door as one suspect began shooting, which struck the man and his girlfriend. Both of them were hospitalized in stable condition, while the sister and two kids sleeping upstairs were not hurt. Police are reviewing nearby surveillance cameras as they look to track down the suspects. Governor Larry Hogan says Maryland healthcare providers can start scheduling appointments for 5- to 11-year-olds following final CDC approval of the Pfizer pediatric vaccine. More than 515,000 children are now eligible to receive the shot, and the governor says parents with questions should talk directly with their pediatricians. State health officials have placed an initial order of 180,000 pediatric doses, with additional allocations expected in the coming weeks. The vaccines will be available through schools and health departments, pediatrician and family physician offices, and select pharmacies. The state will provide staffing resources to school systems and local jurisdictions, and the Vaccine Equity Task Force will ensure access for families in underserved and hard-to-reach communities. After serving the city of Baltimore for more than three decades, the city's finance director is retiring. Henry Raymond is stepping down from a career of serving the city overseeing the financial operations of Baltimore. The city credits Raymond for his role in pension reform, protecting Baltimore's bond ratings, and other financial management. Raymond is also responsible for balancing the last eight city budgets. In his retirement letter to City Hall, Raymond thanked the city and staff for their help and support over the years. A search is underway to find Raymond's replacement. New Jersey Democratic Governor Phil Murphy has declared victory. Murphy talked to his supporters recently in Asbury Park shortly after NBC News declared him the winner over his Republican challenger Jack Cittarelli in the governor's race. Cittarelli released a statement saying in part that with candidates separated by a fraction of a percent, it was irresponsible of the media to make the call when state officials don't know how many ballots are left to be counted. In addition, there was a major upset when it came to the New Jersey State Senate election. Edward Durr, the Republican candidate who claims to have only spent $153 on his campaign, is poised to defeat the incumbent Democrat, Steve Sweeney. Sweeney is the longest-tenured president in the history of New Jersey Senate and was expected to run for governor after the completion of his seventh term in 2025. I'm Sam Allen, and that was your local news. I'm Karai Bennett with your Rowan News. Service in the U.S. military runs long and deep at Rowan University, and during Military Appreciation Week from November 6th through the 13th, students, faculty, and staff will have an opportunity to show how much that means to them. An extension of the Veterans Day is on November 11th, Military Appreciation Week. Rome will feature a variety of events and activities, such as the landing of the Lakota UH-72 Reckon helicopter during the Prowse football game on November 6th against Christopher Newport University. The Rome community includes more than 500 military-affiliated students, including ROTC members, active duty service men and women, veterans, and dependents. 
Roman's ROTC students serve as a part of the OWL Company, which is headquartered at Princeton University. For a list of Military Appreciation Week activities, go to www.rowan.edu for more information. And I'm Cry Bennett, and this has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. Rowan University fall sports are coming down to the wire, and the Rowan men's soccer team has made it to the NJAC final. They will go up against Kane University at 5 p.m. on the road in Union, New Jersey today. The men's team beat top seed of Montclair State on the road 1-0 on Wednesday night. Leo Montesinos netted his second goal of the year and only one of the game in the victory, coming right out of halftime. Goaltender James Weinberg made nine saves in the game for his seventh shutout of the year. Also some news of note, six profs have been named to the NJAC All-Conference team with sophomore Wilby Alford leading the way. They will look for the NJAC title later on today. Moving along to Rowan football now. Rowan football dropped their sixth game of the year last Saturday to Montclair State University by a final score of 20-7. The Profs' defense struggled as they gave up 206 yards on the ground to Montclair, who was near the bottom of the barrel in the NJAC in rushing yards per game. Quarterback for Montclair State, Jaquil Birch, had a very efficient day through the air as he went 16-21 of for 180 yards and two touchdowns. As for the Profs, it was a complete 360 from the week before in their victory against William Patterson. Mike Husney struggled by only completing 9 of his 17 passes for only 106 yards and no touchdowns. The Profs were able only to muster up 48 yards on the ground combined through their running back by committee approach. Coming into this week, the Profs will look to bounce back this week against 4-5 and five Christopher Newport. Christopher Newport is 2-3 and three in NJAC play, while Rowan is 1-6 and six overall and 1-3 and three in NJAC play. For Christopher Newport, they are coming off a big loss to Salisbury, losing 84-14. to 14. In this matchup, both teams will be looking to bounce back. To the Rowan cross-country team now, the Profs finished 3rd in the NJAC championships. Freshman Jacob Riley was the top finisher for Rowan, finishing 6th in the 8K race. Riley was also named to the NJAC first team all-conference team. The cross-country team will compete in the NCAA D3 Metro Regional on November 13th. Moving along to professional sports and Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves have been crowned the World Series champions of baseball for the first time in 26 years after beating the Houston Astros in six games. Jorge Soler was named World Series MVP and was the second Cuban-born player to win the award. For the Astros, this is their second World Series loss in three years. Moving along to the National Football League to some unfortunate news regarding former first-round pick and now former wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders, Henry Ruggs III. Ruggs was involved in a motor vehicle crash early Tuesday morning. The Las Vegas Metro Police responded to a crash at 3.39 a.m. that morning. A 23-year-old woman was killed in the crash with Ruggs suffering some minor injuries as he was not killed. It was reported Ruggs was exceeding 150 miles an hour and was driving while having a blood alcohol level twice the legal limit. Ruggs is now facing up to 20 years in prison on a charge of DUI resulting in death. He is also facing charges of reckless driving as well. That was your sport. 
Sports News with me, Nick Earnshaw, right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rome Report business update. One of the world's first Apple One computers will go up for auction in Rancho Cucamonga, California next Tuesday. Apple's Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak hand-built the machine in their garage in 1976. It was first bought by an electronics professor. 45 years later, it's likely selling for big money. The starting bid is $400,000. A nationwide gym chain is reporting that their memberships are almost back to where they were before the coronavirus pandemic. On Thursday, Planet Fitness CEO Chris Rondeau spoke to CNBC about their numbers, saying the company has reached 15 million members. Rondeau noted the number was unbelievable, seeing that customers were nervous to come back after gyms were closed during the outbreak. He says people are choosing bricks and mortar. John Deere workers are going to stay on strike after saying no to another contract offer. Members from the United Auto Workers Union from Illinois, Iowa, and Kansas voted against the second proposal Tuesday. The Des Moines Register reports the vote was 55% to 45%. Officials from both sides didn't mention when the talks would resume. John Deere workers have been striking since October 14th. New York City Mayor-elect Eric Adams has his eyes on Bitcoin. Lisa G reports. Adams tweeted on Thursday he wants his first three paychecks as mayor in Bitcoin. He added NYC is going to be the center of the cryptocurrency industry. Just wait. Adams increasingly has talked about the cryptocurrency industry and vowed to reshape New York City into a crypto-friendly city. Lisa G, NBC News Radio, New York. Kroger is teaming up with the retailer to expand its home and baby offering. The massive grocery chain announced the collaboration with Bed Bath & Beyond to sell products carried by the home goods company through Kroger's website. This will include products from Bye Bye Baby. The plans also call for a small physical store pilot inside some of Kroger's stores starting next year. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. It looks like Helena Hutchins' family is gearing up to file a wrongful death lawsuit. TMZ reports the late cinematographer's husband recently hired an L.A.-based firm that specializes in personal injury and wrongful death litigation. Actor Alec Baldwin accidentally fatally shot Hutchins while on the set of the new movie Rust in New Mexico last week. Authorities are trying to figure out how Baldwin's pop gun had a real bullet in it However, no charges have been filed. Ryan Reynolds is opening up about his decision to take a break from making movies. The Deadpool star told The Hollywood Reporter he wanted to take a sabbatical to create more space for his family. He said it's about spending time with them he won't get back. He and his wife Blake Lively have three daughters ages 6, 5, and 2. While he's planning to take a break, he has numerous movies gearing up to be released, including Red Notice and The Atom Project. The Tiger King is asking to be released from prison after finding out he has an aggressive form of cancer. In a statement released on his Instagram account, Joe Exotic said his prostate biopsy came back with bad news and noted he's still waiting on other test results. He added he's sure Carol Baskin is going to have a party over his diagnosis as he's in jail after being found guilty of murder-for-hire plot to kill Baskin. The Tiger King star is asking to be released to get treatment and to enjoy what life he has left with his loved ones. A Janet Jackson documentary detailing the events of a major mishap at the Super Bowl halftime show is coming to Hulu. The latest episode of the New York Times Presents series will focus on Jackson's wardrobe malfunction at the 2004 Super Bowl halftime show. Executives from the NFL and MTV who produced that year's halftime show will provide a walkthrough of the events in which Timberlake ripped a piece of cloth off of Jackson's clothing and exposed her breast. 
Malfunction, The Dressing Down of Janet Jackson, will premiere on November 19th on Hulu and FX. Bruce Springsteen is reportedly negotiating to sell his album catalog. Sources tell Variety that a deal is nearly done to sell Springsteen's record catalog to Sony Music. The rock icon has been signed with Sony's Columbia record since 1972. Springsteen is also reportedly looking to sell his publishing catalog, which is estimated to be worth over $330 million. Marvel's new movie Eternals, which was released yesterday, is being banned from screening in multiple countries. Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Kuwait are banning the new addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe due to same-sex couples being featured in the film. Requests for edits and censorship were made to Disney but were denied. Will Smith has opened up about his father's abuse in his new book, Will. Smith explains how his father was abusive towards his mother, even making her bleed after punching her in the side of the head. The Men in Black actor even gets as far as saying he debated killing his dad, writing, I could shove him down the stairs and easily get away with it. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.